Okay, what's going on, guys? And welcome to a brand new episode of Energize. Today, we have a very special guest on the show. We have the face of full-time devils. We have Mr. Adam McCola. Adam, how are you doing? I'm all good, man. I thought Andy Tate was here for a minute. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Andy Tate, man. What a legend. What a legend. He's like a full-time devil's version of uh, troops. Like you know, what I mean, when he goes off on one, like people have to see that. Wait, 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 wait. Andy was here before troops. I think um, he was here before <laughs> troops and all them. Like, um, he's is is a special Andy when he done them. I know, like everyone remembers those videos. When he done those videos for about two, three months before that, Andy would just. He was a steward at Old Trafford, and he'd just come and watch fan cams, and I'd say, "You want to chat?" And he'd say, "No." Nah. Yeah. And then eventually he just cracked. And that's why they were so good. Um, <laughs> because he, he'd sat there for so long and never really said anything. And then one day he thought, right, I'm doing it. Yeah. He, for those few yeah. weeks, they were amazing. Yeah, but like, like Adam, like fan channels are, uh, fan channels are exploding. Like, uh, it's great to see these days that like, like people's voices are coming out. But uh, how did you get into the whole realm of uh, working with the full-time devils and uh, getting, getting your voice out there? So it started, I, was, I finished my law degree um, and I come out of uni and I, at the end of it, I got my degree and I didn't really want to do it anymore. I was just like, I'm, my heart were in doing that job. Like it, it seemed good and sexy before I did my degree and then I yeah. was in it and I thought, oh, I'm not really asked for this. And I literally only graduated so my mom and dad could have a photo. It was daft. <laughs> um, and then after that, I started working for my dad and... For, the, for my whole life, I've been going to United games. Like, used to have a membership, go 10, 15 games a season. And then once I could afford it myself, season ticket every single game. So um, I was going to games every time and I'd work for my dad in the property company. And I'd be at my desk a lot of times and just fucking around. And I remember seeing a uh, full-time Devils had probably just started and they put a thing out saying, get in touch if you want to have a chat with us. I had no media training, no nothing. And they needed I, a lawyer. Yeah, I remember jumping on <laughs> Skype. Yeah, they needed a lawyer. I jumped on Skype with them, had a chat, and I was like, I don't know, I like talking about football. I had done things like, I don't know if you know of Republic of Mancunia and stuff. I'd, I'd been like a mod on their blogs, uh, on their uh, forums and things like that. Yeah. Um, so I'd always been online doing stuff, and then I just got in touch with them. Did a video for them, and it just snowballed from there, really. And then... Um, I was saying to them, well, I'm at games every single week. Like, why aren't we doing anything with me at games? And I think, because I weren't probably great in front of camera at that time, the content wasn't great, but I was getting it out there. And then um, it was like my brother recording me on my phone in the pissing rain and in moaning and holding the camera like this. And it was all over the shop. But eventually we got to a point where we got a cameraman in. We did fan camps. And it just went from there. And ever since it's been a whirlwind really and it's just I've, I've had opportunities i never would have thought i'd, I'd get so every every day is just like I'm, I'm just thankful for it really uh adam what was your first ever united game you went to? um it was in night like around 96 97 season against sheffield wednesday and we won two now do you remember the goal scorers or anything? <laughs> i can't remember. Can't remember the goal scorers. I think Andy Cole might have. Um, it was all a blur, but I, Sheffield Wednesday, for some reason, I just think of them as a Premier League team. And then I remember another Sheffield Wednesday one a few years later where we battered them 4 0. Um, hmm. My memories of games are very jugged up, like from, when, from a young kid. But yeah. yeah, Sheffield Wednesday was my first game. 
yeah. and from there, just I just fell in love with it um, and never, never looked back. Like, but the first game I remember watching on TV was the Chelsea uh, Cup final in '94. That was the first one I can remember watching and being like, "Wow, look at Cantona! Look at that team!" Because um, my dad and my uncle were just United. Um, so yeah, what, what, what age? Are, what age? Are you actually, Adam. I was born in 89, so I'm 31 I feel like uh, you're in a few going. weeks. Ross, what was yeah. actually your first game? Ross. Uh, I actually went to see United play Chelsea, and it was two all. And I remember Henning Berg scored. That <laughs> 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 was, was like such a random memory. And I think either Dean Tay or Dennis Wise got sent off for Chelsea. Uh, my, my first game was actually against... Uh, it was Newcastle. It was actually nil off. That was a great. Way I thought you were going to say it was uh, against Bayern <laughs> Munich in the Champions League final. Oh, <laughs> no. That would have been a great start. Well, be, but, imagine that, that was, was your first like game. Second, the third. No, it wasn't was, far off. I'd say. Well, that, yeah, that was that would have been like only the executive kids get to go there for uh, for if that was your first game. But uh, out of also like um, like the stuff you're doing right now, you're actually like like living a lot of people's dreams, going to all the games because like you know they're so big. As it, like you already know, but like uh, going to all the games, like doing all the fan stuff, like um, like what a whirlwind you're you're like living right now. Yeah, it's a, it's it's crazy. Like when I it, it's it's more crazy. Like when I go away from England and out of outside of England, and you go to like we went to Australia and Singapore. Yeah, I was just looking at them. And stories. like my head fell off. Like it's it's surreal. Like how many people notice you and like they like what you like it's just like i do it because i just like doing it do you know what yeah, i mean yeah. and then like that becomes like wow these geek these people like i remember when i went to america the first time so it was very early in like i think it was under van r 2015 i think and uh we went to the pre-season tour and i remember these kids that had come from india to america for the pre-season tour and they came up to me and like without you we don't really get to see what happens beyond the 90 minutes. And it's like, I never really thought of it that way. Like, we don't really get to see what's happening outside or hear the voices of fans or maybe one week, like every week, especially at home games, we'll have like maybe a chap that's travelled from India or America or Canada. Yeah. We'll have an Irish red on that goes every single week. We'll have someone from, from, from local. Like, it's, it's a fair representation of, of the fans. And I think a lot of people see themselves in fans that speak on there, even if they don't agree with their opinions as well. So that opens it up for them. Um, but I don't, I didn't really fathom that until I met people outside of, of England, like how much closer people felt through the content. Now there's loads of different places you can go for it. And that's great. And I think the place I used to go for it was fanzines. Like I used to buy Red Issue and United We Stand and Red News. I used to go to that because it was a little bit raw, it was a little bit, you weren't polished. You got to see like the, like with Manchester United, everything's all five star and look at us. Even when we're sixth, seventh in the table, it's all look at us. Yeah. And them fanzines used to give you a little bit of insight that you didn't get. And I suppose fan channels are different, but it's the same kind of thing. You get to see like warts and all, I suppose. Yeah, well, I have to agree with you. I think with fan channels, you get an honest opinion as opposed to, you know, unless Roy Keane's at the club, you know what I mean? Those players won't go in on each other, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, and at least, you know what I mean? If Luke Shaw looks a bit overweight, you know what I mean? You'll hear about it on the fan channel. You know what I mean? You won't hear, you know, Solskjaer say it at a press conference after the game. 
Yeah. I think there's, I think there's, because I, I come from, there's a, there's a bit that I come from, from where ultimately I'm still a supporter though. So mm. even if I think Luke Shaw is a little bit fat, I'm not <laughs> probably going to put it that way in what, to me anyway, that's how I am. Like sometimes people come on and they've voiced opinions that mm. I wouldn't necessarily voice and that's fine. But I try and keep a level of respect there because mm. ultimately I can say Fellaini played shit today. But when I interviewed him, I was I was happy to see him. He's like someone that's living my dream. He's scored big goals for United. It's like, yes, I can think he's played rubbish in a game, but ultimately you should still be able to approach these people as a fan. And that's mm. why I try not to overstep the mark sometimes because people might say, oh, you just want to be friends. It's not that. I'll give my honest opinion on something. And but also you respect their time as well. Come, like hanging out with you, you're, like, you have no more respect for that as well. You know? It's tricky. Yeah, but I think there's like a you should never forget that we're supporters. I think a lot of mm. people on fan channels like abused their platform because it can, like we, you can do so many things that can garnish attention. But I just think ultimately you've got to remember your fans at the end of the day. You, you want the best for the club. Yeah. Oh, so even if you have a negative opinion, it's the way you kind of share it as well. I think sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's, this might sound, this might sound like co- contradictory, but like, uh, like Jesse Lingard, for instance, like I know obviously you've had him on the show, like his career like has been like he went there alone for ages, came back, like got, like everyone loved him for dancing in the, the Emirates. And then like now he's like tailed off again, but like, and you're like, oh, here, like, I don't think he's good enough anymore. But then like my song might be like, Jesse, man, just, just, we want you to do well. You know, it's sort of like, oh, it's, mm. it's, it's, it's weird. It's, 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 and it's the same. I remember seeing Jesse outside Old Town Football once and, everyone was mobbing him and it's like them same people probably go on Twitter and tweet him abuse and it's like I understand frustrations and fans emotions building up and all that but it's like ultimately you meet him you're not going to act like that so be yourself as well but again like with Jesse like I kind of I don't know him I'm not his friend I don't know him but I've spoken to him enough times to know that he is is proud to be in the position he's being is in at the moment and he's worked hard for it. And even if I think you think he's not good enough or he's not being good enough, which is probably true in the last 12 months, he would say that himself as well. Ultimately, like, he wants to do the best. And sometimes you just got to, like with Andreas Pereira as well, like, he tries his ass off every single game. But ultimately, I just don't think he's good enough. And you can say both of those things, you know what I mean? He's a good lad, but he's not good enough at the moment. Um, and I don't think there's harm in saying that footballers have to have to accept criticism of their of their uh, performances. Just because I've spoken to Jesse Lingard, if I criticise him after a game, and he came to me and said, "How can you criticise me?" Well, unless I've called him a a cunt or a sorry for like saying that. No, you sure. can say what you want. How unless fucking I've, dare you? How fucking unless, dare you? Unless I've overstepped the line and like absolutely laid into him, he can't say that. Do you know what I mean? So it's like. It's not the personal, it's just the form. Yeah, you, and footballers are aware of that, I think. They're not, they're not stupid, they're not naive, and most of them are football fans. Yeah. Another, another thing just to, to, to add to that, do you think the way they don't come out and do sort of shows now, like obviously your platform is absolutely enormous, you know what I mean? Like, not, not like, like, a, like I don't expect them to go onto someone's YouTube channel who has one subscriber, but I mean, do, do you think they should be more, like footballers should sort of open up more, you know what I mean? Because like, we always get like MMA fighters, boxers, and rugby players on the show and it's just like it's always like it's always cool crack and it's just like footballers are sort of so guarded that 
Mm. I think it's the way that I've I've worked with a lot of not so many MMA fighters, but I've worked with a lot of boxers. One of my best mates is a professional boxer, and it's like they're brought up differently. I think footballers, especially the modern day footballer, are brought up, especially if you're one of like if you're a Premier League footballer, you've been one of the best your whole life. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you might think he's rubbish, like, oh yeah, he's crap or he plays for West Ham. But really, he's been one of the best in his life. Um, and those coming through, when, when they are that good, I feel footballers are very guarded, very shouted. They, it goes without saying, I think they should do because of the amount of money in the game, but they have everything done for them. They're well paid from the start. Whereas boxers and MMA fighters, you'll see them even professional, unless you're Anthony Joshua or Conor McGregor, and, but even Conor McGregor at some point would have had to do it. They'll be busting their balls trying to sell tickets, They'll be in gyms with just normal people on a daily basis. Like, they're surrounded by a lot more realness. Yeah. Boxers also, they, they don't have the luxury of being highly paid from an, like, an academy boxer, for example. He's not that highly paid, you know what I mean? So yeah. they're, they're a little bit different as well. I think they mix with people more. Yeah, it could, it could change over like, the next while because obviously there's a younger wave coming through now and more and more people are doing them. So, like, maybe that will change over time because, like, obviously, like, yourselves and the, the fewer channels are, like, uh, trailblazing the way, you know? A lot of them are seeing now that punditry is big in the game. So, if I make myself a personality, I'm gonna, I can become a pundit. Um, and also, like, having their own brands and platforms and things like that are massive. So, I think a lot of them will start to showcase themselves. But then, as soon as a footballer shows a little bit of personality, is ridiculed, do you know what I mean? So... It's difficult for them as well. Uh, so, Adam, like, uh, uh, what year did you actually start working with the full-time Devils? 2013. So, <laughs> we got to cover um, Fergie's last title um, towards the end. We weren't doing fan cams and things like that. Um, and I weren't doing loads of content as, a, as I am now. Um, yeah. But that's when I started doing things with them. Um, I was on the earliest videos. Um, so, it's been about seven years now. Um, I've been doing it which is making me feel very old um, yep. but properly like getting into the swing of things it's probably about two years later I was always just doing bits from home and stuff like that and, yep. and then you know once I got more comfortable in front of camera it just took off from there really um, and it was like a lot of things were just imagining things like I remember just one day thinking oh, I'd love to play football with a United player and, and then like our first shoot was with Brian Robson and Andy Cole, and I was like, bloody hell, playing football with these lads. And then, like, I just kept trying to just imagine things, and they just kept happening somehow. Um, it's really weird, um, but, yeah, like, it just took off from there. Um, it was never planned. I never knew what was going to happen. I didn't even think it could... I didn't think it could be... I thought... I didn't think it could be possible for someone like me to get into that just because I didn't have the experience where I come from, like, you know, what I look like even, not many people like me on, on doing things like that. So it was just like, I didn't think it was possible, and then it happened, yeah. and then I just thought, bloody hell, i got a chance here, let's try and do as much as I can. And I um, never stopped that. So full-time devils were probably like, this geezer's keen, let's, let's, let's help him grow, and, and they did to help me with a lot of different things. Yeah, it's oh, it's. It literally is living the dream, like because like myself and Ross, like we we start we did a radio show together, uh, radio course together, and then once we were finished, they were like, right, see you later. So we just kept doing shows, and we didn't even know what to do shows about. And then obviously, like because you do Man United, 
it's it's easy to just keep building on that. So when people yeah. come to your page, they're like, right, man, you know it. But like, like for ourselves, like we love talking about football, but we also love talking about MMA and like rugby and stuff. So we just kept getting people on the show. But um, like like before we start getting into the world of Man United as well, like what was the most extraordinary thing to happen to you doing the show, doing the show? Like uh, like something you may have done. Like I know you played at Old Trafford, but like uh, maybe meeting someone or Eric. Yeah. Just Eric, the Eric, Eric the King. Yeah, um, I went South. I went South Africa with with Giggsy, which was mental. But Eric the King was because you. It's like now I can't imagine me interviewing Fergie, so I can't like because he's not going to be in positions to do that, is he? Now he's older. I know. I know. He's not going to be giving media opportunities away like that. So I can't picture that. And it was kind of the same with Cantona. Like, you don't see him on YouTube channels. You don't see Eric Cantona doing random interviews with people like me. And you don't see it happening. And yeah. it's like, I remember just thinking, like, we met him. So me and Steve went to see uh, Eric Cantona at the Lowry. It was when he had released a book, I think. He had just released a book. And we went to see him at the Lowry. And we... So we went to see him at the theatre... And we thought, surely he's staying at the hotel. This is really psychopathic, really. <laughs> so we went, we thought, let's go have a beer at the Larry, just on the off chance that he's having, he's staying there. So we've gone there, had a beer. And we're nearly finishing our beers now. And we're thinking, right, he's not here. And Jose's just walked past. It was a day Claudio Ranieri got sacked. And he looked pissed off. And he just walked past. And we checked our phone and he'd just been sacked. And that was probably why. And, um, and then we're just about to go. And he walked in. And like, there was a glass table in front of us and both of our knees hit the table. So like, everything's just like jumped up and we ran over to him and we're like, oh, Eric, like, we just lost that. We basically turned yeah. into two little schoolgirls and um, huh. chatting to him for about 15, 20 minutes. And I remember saying to him like, oh, can I get you a beer? And he was like, nah, nah, nah. And um, he went in anyway in the restaurant on his own over, over there somewhere. So, but we chatted to him for about 15, 20 minutes and he gave us his email address. Um, and then when he was releasing his book, we got in touch with him. We got in touch with his publishers. We got in touch because he was releasing that, like he released a book of doodles and stuff like that, didn't he? Like only Eric Canton I could. Yeah. And uh, I thought, let's get in touch with him. He followed us on Instagram. So I thought, bloody hell. He follows 12 people on Instagram. Jesus, this is, this is going to happen. And then um, eventually it happened. We got an email and that. And it was us. BBC and like The Guardian or something. The only three people had got an interview with him at that point. And he was like, this is daft. And he came in and he, he came and he was like, I need some food. And he was like, mate, you can do what you want. We'll wait however long you want. Carry on. And um, he had some food, came in with a glass of wine and that. We already had a beer on us. And it was like, shit, it's happening. We're having a drink with Eric Cantona. Like it just happened like that. And it was from there, the interview was class. And, um, you could just tell that I was overexcited, which probably ruined the interview a little bit. Um, <laughs> but like, it's experience. That's the beauty of it. Like, yeah, yeah. People are watching it; they can see. Look at this dickhead! How happy he is! Like, that's how I would be. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I suppose it's it's all right in that sense. Shows you that it's real. But yeah, yeah like it's, it's like me. It's like me right now with you here. Like. Nah, mate. No, mate. <laughs> it's none of that. It's no, no. just you know how you imagine Eric Cantona. Yeah, that's how he is. Like. That aura, it's like there's a beaming light around him 
he's, he walks with his one up like how you'd imagine him to like mate is it's diff I think the only person that could do that to me now is David Beckham I was just going to ask you that because uh, like have you have you met David Beckham man? I've met him um, I met him when I was a kid like yeah. at a ground like maybe just saw him shook his hand or something it weren't in the time of camera phones and all that um, and then I met him at a UNICEF game I was in the mixer zone we just interviewed I think Fiegel Van der Sar and all this and then David Beckham walked through, but he didn't walk through to do interviews. He walked through to Scarper out the back. Yeah. And he, so he pushed past all of us, but he walked past me and I remember just shaking his hand, smelling him. And just, <laughs> oh my God, that's David Beckham. Um, and what about just, Ronaldo? Would you like to get Ronaldo? No? Yes, but I know if you got Ronaldo, it would be very, it'd be like interviewing a president, I imagine. Yeah, or might be a lot. There'd be a lot going on around you. I think you could possibly get Beckham on a campaign and it'd be a little bit personable and like you could tell him, oh mate, yeah. I love you. You know what I mean? Like, it, would be, <laughs> it would be all right. I feel like if you told Ronaldo that, he'd probably be like, oh my God, this guy's a psycho. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's in my house. But like, don't yeah. show me, there's, like there, there is a lot of faces on full-time devils. Like who, like say if Beckham agreed to do it, like who, like, who would get the chance? Because like, obviously uh, the majority so basically, are, are English. Um, so that's your, that's your like, uh, Roy Ke- you're Roy Keane almost um, well it'd be probably me or Jay or me and like me and Jay work on the channel pretty much on a daily basis yeah. um, so it'd be one of us but I am like the presenter almost but it may be like Steve's yeah. my mate do you know what I mean like if an opportunity like that comes up you bring him along I'm not gonna be a knob do you know I'm not but like, <laughs> no, I understand yeah. we are all we are all friends this is all a dream for all of us. We don't, we probably never imagined this. Probably couldn't happen again. It like, will happen. It probably will happen. Like, like you... mate, I'm talking, like, this is the thing I'm trying to speak into existence at the yeah. moment. And it's like, so I would never be that kind of guy to be like, I want this interview for myself. Like, I'm, I'm not like that. Like, so if, like, Steven's like, mate, I need to come. Steve's coming, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so that would happen. But yeah, I think it just works on, like, a random base. I remember when we got Matter, it was like Sam was already filming something in Manchester with us. I was there. We're going to do Matter. Um, yeah, because uh, Dave Beckham's kids might actually watch it, like, you know, because. Mm, yeah. Possibly. I doubt it. I'm sure one of them's an Arsenal fan or something. Yeah, yeah, but like, who knows? But surely if you're Beckham's kid, they probably don't even care about football. Like, you know, one of them ones, like... You, you never, like, you really never know. Like, didn't uh, yeah. Brooklyn play until he was, like, 14 or something with Arsenal? Possibly. Mm. Um, there's a few... Like, the old, old, the low followed us on Instagram. Like, there's a lot of people that... A lot of players... Like, as soon as the low joined United, he followed us on Instagram. So, he must have been, I don't know, following Manchester United and then got suggested. Yeah, he went on to YouTube. Yeah, yeah, got suggested. And then, like, yeah. we DM him and stuff like that and just say, oh, how are you doing? Well played or... I remember there's a story out there. We just DM'd him. Um, but people watch that you wouldn't expect to watch. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it's just, it's just mental. Um, so so I'm let, let's get into it. Let's get into Man United. Uh, first of all, like, if the season finishes, do Manchester United end up in the Champions League with Man City's BAM? Is that, like, uh, we're, we're, we're in the Champions League, right? Yeah. So I think so, yeah. So, like, with... I suppose the current coronavirus situation 
the transfer window is going to be big. Um, Man United might be able to actually take advantage of other clubs. Do you think that's what's going to happen? Um, I think I, I genuinely don't think we're going to spend. We're going to buy many players. I think we'll spend a fair chunk of money if we're looking at Sancho, maybe an Igalo on permanent deal, and then one more. We'll probably end up spending money, but I I don't foresee us spending. I could be wrong. Two three hundred million. I don't see that happening. I think we've got to look at the real the reality of the situation. Mm. Also, the club, even if you look at last summer, they, re- they probably spent about 50, 60 mil when they recouped mm. a lot of the fee from Maguire on Lukaku. This uh, January, they spent 45 mil on Bruno Fernandes. So we don't spend a lot of money in recent years. Um, there seems to have been a, a little bit of a cutback. The summer before was, was that the Fred, the low one, Lee Grant? Mm. Like, yeah. Like we're not, we, we haven't spent hundreds of millions of pounds in transfer windows consecutively for a long time. Um, so it'd be interesting how we react, but they may think it's prime time because other, like if Jack Grealish is going to leave Villa and Villa, let's say we finish the season, Villa go down and the coronavirus stuff, probably getting 40, 50 mil. They probably think we're never going to get that chance to get a player like that at that price again. So you may just chuck a bit extra money at it, but Realistically, I can't see it happening. And I wouldn't be surprised to see us selling maybe a Delow, like a Phil Jones, Smalling, just to recoup some money and then maybe invest elsewhere. But I wouldn't be surprised to see us just sign Sancho and Igalo, to be honest. Yeah, Gary Neville came out yesterday on Sky saying that, um, like, he, and he, he spoke very slowly. So I'm pretty sure that, like, Sky drifted down to him to, to be a spokesperson because when Gary Neville talks, people, like, people listen. But uh, he was basically saying that, like, if one person goes, if they catch it, it's, it's all... Like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. And, and the funny thing is, I haven't heard someone really say that in the, in the last, like, six weeks, which is weird to think because, like, we it's were the so... the reality of it, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, like, it 100% makes sense, but I think, like, everyone just wanted the ball back rather than be like, right, this is what realistically could happen because if, if, like, Pogba gets sick, the whole United team is sick, the whole team have to withdraw from the league. But uh, I think what's going to happen is they're going to, like, they're, gonna, they're just going to call it a day on it. They're going to end it. But then, yeah, Man City, they're meant to be kicked out of the Champions League. So I think United are automatically just going to go into that spot. That's a, I think they're going to force it, you know. What do you mean with that? They're, they're going to force this league behind closed doors. Um, and I think it could have disastrous consequences. Like, touch wood, it doesn't happen. Because realistically, we're all sat bored at home. Yeah. Even if it's behind closed doors, what, just stick some football on, it'd be great. Yeah. But realistically, if they do it, I, you can't keep Jack Grealish at home. <laughs> how, are you, how are you preventing all these players, all these people, like isolating, going to games, isolating? Like, yeah. I don't know how, it, I don't know how realistic it is. So if then if someone catches it, a member of staff, a, someone that works on a telly, I don't know, manager, player, intensive care, who knows, worst case, dies. Because there's some elderly members, even it doesn't just affect elderly members, but just some elderly members on training teams, coaches, stuff. What happens then? Because you, you've, you've kind of suggested the risk's worth it by going ahead in the first place. Yeah. So do you stop now because someone's died or do you carry, like, it doesn't make, like, so I don't yeah. get how they can, and then, all right, Liverpool win the league. They're fans. You're saying they're not going to turn up? That's the thing as well. Somewhere like, you know what I mean? Oh, have, gets, they'll, they'll have a parade. They'll have to so, have a parade. Yeah, Villa's yeah. last game of the season saves himself from relegations. Villa fans, they're not going to meet up some... Like, 
could possibly happen. So there's loads of different things. Morally, is it right if whatever player mm. gets injured and they have to use up a hospital bed somewhere? It's just it's just a weird one. Like so, yeah. So oh, many think- question marks. I think the big thing about uh, like cancelling the season, being like right, well, to start again is if that season never happened, is more promotion relegation is like the big thing. Where like Leeds and West Brom, I think they're scheduled to get fifty million if they come up to the Premier League, and they only get eight million or something if they stay in the Championship. And I think like that's where like people are most sort of upset. Only Liverpool fans are going to care about Liverpool win the league or not. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> and Everton. <laughs> I remember when it first came out and we were like, oh, wouldn't this be great to stop Liverpool winning the league? And we were all like tongue-in-cheek. No one really thought it was going to happen. Then it happened. And it's like, this is incredible. It's, you have to laugh, don't you? You don't laugh. It's, you're just going to cry about it. But you have to laugh. It's mental that, that what yeah. has happened to them. Like from Steven Gerrard's slip to now this, um, it's all set up for the, the Scouts is 18, COVID-19, United 20 banner, in it? Yeah. So, so, what, so, what, what, so what do we think right now? We think it's, they're just gonna, it's just going to end? If they end it, they'll give... They'll, I think France has probably set a precedent now for Liverpool to say, wow, we should be given the title. Yeah. And to be honest, they were going to win it anyway. So if they've got an asterisk next to it, that'll do me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the, the thing is, like, it got into the stage over the last few years where I didn't really care what anyone else was doing. I was just focused on United building back up, uh, uh, like, as we mentioned earlier, like, uh, United were literally just about to pop, like, the kettle was just fully boiled, it was about to go, oh, that's what it felt like, and then this happened. So, like, we may as well get into United, like, uh, looking at the team now, Adam, um, what you make for it, like, um, Ollie's at the wheel. I, I like the How team. How does it feel? It feels, it feels good at the moment. I like the team. Um, I'm glad... Like before this ended, we had that like is it eleven game unbeaten run? Yeah, you kind of. Yeah. Could you imagine we had played Spurs and lost, or we had lost some of the, like the negativity that we'd have right now? It'd all be about our oh, potch and this and that, and it's it's kind of good to not have that. Um, but the team's very likable. I think there's still yeah, a lot I of areas to improve. Um, I think right wing's crying out for Jaden Sancho. I think defensive midfield. I think giving Matic a new contract could be a bit of a blunder. But, you know, he, he did okay when he came came back in towards the end. I just don't think he can do that over the course of the season. But maybe the idea is to, to blood in Jimmy Garner and Dylan Levitt or something. So, or I Scott McTominay. Yeah, but the thing is, I think Scott McTominay is a fantastic option in midfield, as I think Fred is as well. But I don't think either of them are out-and-out defensive midfielders. I know, I get and that's why I think letting Matic go was probably beneficial and then bringing a new one in. Um, but... Again, like there's a few areas we need to improve, and I actually think sign Sancho, sign Igalo, maybe strengthen that defensive midfield, sort out, you know, finalise your defensive players like the depth, and I think would be good to to challenge. And then I think the question comes whether Oli's good enough to to bring those trophies back because he's he's been good enough to build the foundations, he's been good enough to bring the morale back, get us playing the right way again, build the right kind of team. Is he good enough to bring the trophies home? That's a question mark. Um, and that's a big box you have to tick at Manchester United. You can't just, you know, get by. I think this season, well, next season, if we finish third, fourth, that'd be all right. But we have to be challenging, I think, in some sort of form. Um, we can't be just scraping top four, that's for sure. Because um, then he has to be questioned. That's the thing with Ali. I'm, I love him. 
I think he's done well. I think he's got the right theory, the right mentality. It's just a question mark. Is he the man to do it in the long term? And I think he's earned the time to to prove whether he is or not. I think he has. I, I think I think he's over, like he's definitely the terribly doing well again. But it's his team. Like I mean, in the most recent game, the, he had signed he, and or brought through the like over half the team. So therefore, it was actually his team. Right? Like there wasn't no reminiscence of the Moyes or the Van Gaal era. But mm. uh, so like if we're just looking through like a uh, goalkeeper, defense, midfield, strikers. Like I think we can all agree like the game is like we just the game should just stay like uh, and the worst case scenario Henderson comes in and challenges him um, because also I'd uh, leave Endo at Sheffield for another season or two. Yeah, because Romero's quadly as a backup, best Isn't he? backup goalkeeper in the world. Mm. Yeah, and then if we're looking at the defense, I think I think like one centre back is all we really need. You have to ship out two or three. Don't yeah, I think Smalling and Jones out, and then someone new in Rojo out as well. Yeah, well, I almost don't count him. <laughs> but then it's like Lindelof, Bay, Twan Zabi, Maguire. Yeah. If you get a fifth, is Axel gone? You know, Axel's like, he, he hasn't Unless blown you play three ever. a lot more. Mm. But I think Axel has a chance. You know, I mean, he was about to get his chance against Liverpool and he got injured, which is typical. Yeah. But yeah, I think he, he's shown enough at Villa to deserve a chance. And that's just the one, like, worry. Just say we bought someone like Upper McConnell or something like that. Um, He's a beast. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Axel Twanzee. Um, he suggested do... something good, which was, if we get Upper McConnell, send them Twanzee on loan for a season, mm. because that could work. players develop yeah. well in Germany. Yeah, he's a well, beast, by the way. I do think we do play that sort of five at the back system. Uh, Luke Shaw, I think, can actually operate as a left centre-back and then keep Brandon Williams. Uh, and they're accommodating for him in a position that he does well in, mm. but we shouldn't be accommodating yeah, fullbacks at left centre back. I think Aaron Wambazaka eventually could become a right centre back, but I think that's a fit that could be natural for him. Mm. I think Luke Shaw's played well there, but is it natural for him, or are we just trying to cover for his lack no. of no, urgency just let, going just forward? Just letting Brandon battle it out. Like I mean, they're both pushing each other. Luke Shaw's never played better. Since Brandon mm-hmm. Williams came, Ethan's and coming through as well. Ethan, there you man. go, and he can also play right back as well. Yeah, and then also like Wambasaka. I mean, when that video came out of uh, Jamie Carragher praising a Man United player, uh, it was just like fair play to him. Fair play to him. He's uh, he's, he's all right to be fair. He's not. I don't think he gets a lot of things. I think he gets a few things wrong, and he got the Pogba stuff wrong. But I think he he's. He's all right sometimes. Yeah. I think I think he's all right. He's an Everton fan anyway. Yeah. Well, in fairness, in fairness when Juan Bissaka slowly tackles someone, he slowly tackles them from so far away and gets it right every single time. You know what I love? Level. What I love about Juan Bissaka is you can see him think, I'm going to let this prick think he's got me here. Yeah. For a split second, he just said, go on, you, you can have that space, push it, and he just, boom, takes the ball every single time. Um, he's incredible. You even had Liverpool fans getting desperate, tipping up a video of him getting turned he drops on the floor they, they missed a bit where he blocked the, the, the cross like he, he's, he's a phenomenal fullback you, and a, for the, for the you, next five ten years sorry who would you start for a right back for England uh, Trent or uh, Wan-Bissaka uh, and you have to take the bias out of it you know? you've got to you, you've got to think about how England play and for that reason I'd say Aaron Wan-Bissaka I think Trent's a lot better going forward but you have Jaden Sancho and Marcus Rashford and Raheem Sterling and all those guys going forward. I think 
maybe international football, maybe in some of the higher level games, having an Aaron Wambasaka will win you that game more than having a Trent. But there'll be the games where Trent will be the man, um, where you'll have more space going forward, where your fullbacks will have more time on the ball. And then that's maybe where you bring in someone like um, Trent. But I think if you're playing a France, Germany, Brazil, whoever, Aaron Wan-Bissaka plays, in my opinion, because he's better defensively. Yeah. And that's what you thought, want your fullback to be doing. They could even try him on left back. Look what Dennis Irmond done. But um, if you move into midfield now, I, I think we all agree we need a defensive midfielder who can actually play at least 30 games a season. Thomas Party, man. Yeah. yeah, I saw you do the Thomas Party versus Declan Royce video, and, and like I, I was actually breaking my heart laughing. Like, obviously being from Ireland, uh, I'm not too sure if you're as familiar with the Declan Royce situation as we are. <laughs> yeah, uh, so like you know, in, as Irish Man United fans can't stand Declan Royce, and he's one of the last players I, I want to see. That, at the club. I said that on that video. They've only started yeah. thinking he's good since he stopped pretending he was Irish. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll look at him like, nah, not a chance. And. Like I said, Thomas Partey, like did a number on Liverpool twice and he's one of the best defensive-minded players 40, I've seen play. Yeah, exactly. Absolute bargain basement. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, like, uh, it's like going into H- H&M or whatever it's called and you, you find a Gucci t-shirt. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, TK Maxx. TK Maxx. TK Maxx. That's a TK yeah. Maxx to find the yeah. Gucci t-shirt. Yeah. And then, uh, okay, so obviously if we can pick up Partey, it will be a, it will be a Partey. But uh, who would you put in front of them? Would you think Pogba and Bruno can can actually operate together? Yeah, yeah I do. Oh I man, how sweet would that be? How I'm excited to see. Um, I, oh. I'm getting more confident. Like for the last twelve months, I've been Pogba's off, and now in the last two months, I'm just like, surely he's staying now. It doesn't look like mm. he's going to go, and I hope that's the case. I hope he signs a new deal and stays. If that happens, oh mate, it's, you got Pogba, Bruno. Rashford, Marshall, and potentially Sancho. No one, I, I think that competes with anything in world football going forward. Mm. So if yeah. you sort that, if you sort that out behind them, you're all right. And if Kamene continues to develop, if he could, if he could become, he's going to push them all. Um, he's going to make sure because I think in them. home games, I'm Fred. Kamene could definitely be used as that, you know, that pivot. Mm. But away from home in those bigger games. I'm not sure. I think yeah, that's specialist. too much sauce. Do you know what I mean? There's just too <laughs> much going. Like everything, there's too much space. Um, so then that's where we'd go three at the back, three, four, one, two, play a little bit deeper, have Rashford and Marshall and Bruno further forward. Um, I don't know. But at, in home games, I definitely think a midfield three of McTominay, Bruno and Pogba or Fred, Bruno and Pogba could work. Um, and you're just having that competition for places again as well, mm. which is, which great, is great. Igalo came in. And, 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 and Martial didn't stop scoring again. He had, um, you know, Luke Shaw challenged by Brandon Williams. You see an improvement in his performances. Um, so it's good to have that competition as well. Yeah. And maybe even Pogba, seeing there's another man in town. Like, I, I'm not one of those that thinks Pogba's been poor for United. Um, you know, he was in the PFA team of the year last year by merit, I think. Um, he's the best midfield, one of the best midfielders in the league. And he was definitely our best player. Um, but maybe even the arrival of Bruno will bring a little bit more out of him. Yeah, that's, well. the thing, that's the thing about Pogba now. Like, uh, obviously, teams are losing revenue, and he's he's one of the most expensive players in the world, without a doubt. Um, hopefully, hopefully, he, he can't get a move, and that uh, he's really going to have to step up his game because he, he'll be absolutely disgusted with himself 
if someone like Scott McTominay is taking his position because the way he sees himself as like the, as the the world champ. And then but I he, think you know I think it's easy to forget. I know Bruno came in and Bruno was amazing, but it's easy to forget Pogba has done that a lot for United. Um, it's and he's not had the the luxury of having you know a more settled team around him and all that. So I do think it's, it's interesting to see when he comes in, how that fits, w- w- what Oli's working on as well, because he will have to... I do think Pogba can play a deeper role and Bruno can play four, further forward, or they can swap. Um, and I think we played our best football under Oli in the 4-3-3 um, when we had Matty Herrera and Pogba. So how he gets that working will be interesting. And Bruno's... He loves a scrap as well, which is all right. Yeah, so, I think they're, they're all pushing each other on, Adam. That's 100% true. But if we move into the forwards, right? Um, obviously, you have like Rashford now playing on the left. Uh, Martial up top. Did, did let's I just say it? Sancho on the right. Let's, let's, just, like, let's just put him in there. You know what I mean? Let's, let's wish him in there. Yeah, yeah just speak it into existence. Like yeah. everything else. Is, is, that yeah. the, is that the way you have him lined up? Yeah. And then they could possibly interchange yeah. if they... Yeah, if yeah if then you got Igalo who can come in. Gallo, you could, in some games, you could play Igalo as the focal point, but you need to be more physical and, and bring Marshall and Rashford either side of him. You know, Greenwood and Mark Greenwood. Like Greenwood, Greenwood can well. play anywhere. Let's yeah. not forget Mason Greenwood. But I think what the beauty is, you see how you've not mentioned him there. That's the beauty of it. Mm. He's 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 coming through, and I think he's a generational talent with phenomenal ability to score goals off either foot. He takes but penalties he's coming through, and the pressures on Marshall and Rashford, and and all. And if we buy Sancho, it's going to be oh my god, a hundred million pound Sancho. And Mason Greenwood just going to be quietly developing in the background, and I'd be, I'll, I wouldn't be surprised seeing go to the Euros next year. Yeah. Mason Greenwood is going to be the uh, Dennis Irwin of strikers. <laughs> yeah, he can do it from both feet. He can do it anywhere. Mm. Different ways. He's he's, he's he's gonna keep Rashford and Marshall on their toes as well. Yeah, because yeah, you're the you're Rashford and Marshall are the young things coming through, and they've got their best years ahead of them. But you've also got this fella coming behind you who's he wants your spot. Iron um, iron. And he's good enough as well, yeah. Um, and, and it's going to be great to see. And, and I it, think those three, Sancho, growing together, it's, it's something to, yeah. to hopefully bring that's, titles back that's to. A trio, that's a trio that could be there for five years altogether. Mm. What about um, Igalo? Like, obviously, he's here on loan. Who he needs to make that permanent. I think so as well. Yeah. I think he's a perfect... Uh, because he loves the club. Not yeah. just that, but it, it makes sense short term. Mm. It'd be pretty cheap, I'd imagine. Yeah. Um, he wants to sign for us. Just talk about Aubameyang and Moussa Dembele and all these Harry guys. Harry Kane. Harry, we're not spending two hundred million. Let's be no. real. Let's just put that on the side straight away. Maybe if he went in for Sancho, all right. Maybe Harry Kane's a possibility, but I think Sancho is more needed than 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 him. And and I don't think Ali will want to put Martial's. Or well, Rashford knows out of place yet by bringing in someone like that. Yeah, who do, you think, who do you think has most more upside, Rashford or Martial? Martial. I think so, yeah. Uh, I think, do you want to tell us why? I think Rashford, Rashford he's, he's got that. I think Rashford's like, the penny's dropped with him in terms of, I've got that tunnel vision. I'm going to improve every single week. And I think we have seen that with Martial. But I think there's a lot more to come from Martial as well. So do I. Um, and I think with Rashford, I think it's just a case of you've probably seen he's going to improve, but consistent. If he keeps going like that, I think that's how good he's going to be, and I think mm. that's amazing. 
Um, and I think that Rashford now can get 30, 40 goals a season. But Martial, I think, has got a higher ceiling and I think there's a lot more to come from him. Yeah. But as I do he, think... He's a definitely like, better finisher, Martial. Like oh, 100%. But then yeah. Rashford... Like, I hate people comparing him because they're completely different players. Rashford will, like, do things that Martial doesn't yeah. and Martial will do things that Rashford can't. And it's like, in both of them, we've got everything there. And I think I've seen improvements from Martial this season where he's leading the line, he's working hard. And people don't like to give him credit for that because he, he looks like... He's French. He walks around like, you know, he's got that face on him like a smack ass half the time. But that's just <laughs> and that's him. And that's his happy face. That's his I know, happy face. <laughs> and that's just him. But the fact is, I think he's actually settled a lot more as well. Mm. His family life off the pitch has settled down. You've got to remember, he's a young boy that came to United. He seemed to be smashing anything that moved, getting into trouble with his missus, like, didn't know the country. Like, he was all oh over goal. the gaff off the pitch. Goal. Remember his debut goal against Liverpool? Yeah, a manager comes in that doesn't like him. Yeah. He scores 10 goals, gets 10 assists in a season, then he gets dumped to the bench for Alexis Sanchez. Like, his, number, his number robbed as well. Yeah, like he had a lot of things to be... And, and people can say, oh, it's a number. Oh, rise to the challenge. But he's human as well, do you know what I mean? And I think he's, he seems to have settled now. So I think there's a lot more to come from him. Um, there's a lot yeah, more you're also establishing pecking order when you rob someone somebody, right? It's like, right, we have Zlatan and he's here and you're down here. You know what I mean? And then Zlatan left and Lukaku got it and he was like, yeah. wait, what? Yeah. Like so, yeah. Um, I think Marshall. Marshall's probably my favourite player. I think he was trying to get AM nine as a brand as well. You know that. Yeah. He, <laughs> he set up yeah. the webs. All that. Remember Tom Clever is TC twenty three and all that. Yeah. Oh, don't mind him. He, he he was he was an absolute fraud. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, <laughs> do you remember the good times of that midfield? Nanny Anderson, Cleverly and Young. They were good. Yeah, times. it was called spanking Arsenal A two. <laughs> <laughs> I yes. thought that as a future we beat we beat uh, City in the Community Shield with that as well didn't we? Oh, Alex Ferguson really always getting the best uh, players Welbeck as well it's fucking shocking here's a quiz well, for- I'll have no Welbeck slander anyway how many, how many goals the Premier League goals did Danny Welbeck score for Man United let's not bring reality into this yeah I just want to remember Danny Welbeck for the hero that he was <laughs> like like Makeda <laughs> like, like Makeda well, uh, yeah, yeah, McKay, yeah, what what a goal that was as well. Yeah, like, that was a great interview you had with him as well. But uh, so so we're so, so we're going. We need Sancho on the right, Partey, and then what defender? I, I would. I don't think we're gonna sign any defender. If I signed one, maybe up a McConnell. But uh, that's because I think Kuda Bali would be a great signing. But seventy eight million for a fella that's thirty. I someone said to me the other the other week like Smalling looks amazing in Sevilla mm. what if that's just the case with Koulibaly and I thought oh my god <laughs> wife is right <laughs> like, don't, say that. Know, don't say that when, when Smalling comes back obviously it's sort of like Maguire and then Lindelof and Bailey are fighting out for like two and three does Smalling come in at four or does he like join Smalling that Smalling doesn't come back no not for me he's enjoying the pass over there fair play to him <laughs> mate I think the move is best for both yeah United definitely. have got him in the shot window He's settled. He looks good where he is at Roma. But if you watched him, like I remember some, was it Adrian Durham was on TalkSport talking rubbish. Oh, United should bring in Smalling back and make him their first. And it's like, mate, I guarantee you haven't watched one game of Serie A and haven't watched one game of Italy, of Roma, of Roma to see Smalling. He still has the same inadequacies. They play with a lot more defenders. 
he still struggles to pass out from the back. Yeah. There's, those are still the issues that he's going to have. Yeah, he like, wasn't proud of playing like that. Like he, and he'll always have a rick in him. Smalling was great for United at times. I remember yeah, him bossing Harry Kane. As well. <laughs> bossing, bossing the cat. Yeah, he'd love to get involved. Like, but then I remember times when he was diving at Newcastle to concede a free kick and they went and scored. Like, whose centre-half dives outside the box when we're on the break? Like, it doesn't... He, he, he had no... Like, just brain farts way too many times. And um, Some like, bad hairstyles. Sent well. off in the FA Cup final, was it? Yeah. It's like... Big moments where he, he messed up for us. Um, I just think stop with these false storms with Smalling and Jones. Cut our losses, get rid. But let's finish it off on a positive, Adam. Yes. Can we challenge for the title next year? If we have a good summer, yes. If we, we get Jaden Sancho in and we have a party in midfield, can we challenge for the title? I believe so, but that's when Ali will really come into question. Because if yeah. we're not. And we're not comfortably top four. Okay, let's say we don't challenge, but we're not, but we're comfortably top four. That's improvement. So yeah. we have to be comfortably a Champions League team next season, not just getting in it because City have been banned or no, hoping we get in through the Europa League. So, but yeah, we need to be challenging. Oh, I uh, think if, within like 15 points of whoever wins the league is good. If you spend 80 million and 50 million on two of your back four, then you buy. You know, if you let's say you bought a party and you're buying a midfielder and Bruno Fernandez, and you buy Jaden Sancho and, San- on, and Sanchez had... to come back, let's not go there. <laughs> Before we're ending this positively, I know. Man. <laughs> I so if, you, if you've if you've actually given him those signings, then I think you've sufficiently backed him, um, and I think he'd have no arguments with being questioned on whether we should be challenging or not. Because you got to look, City are going to be in a bit of period of change, maybe. Who knows what happens with Liverpool in the summer? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, they they're, they 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 have opportunities. So I think they're going to chop well, and change know? a bit. Yeah, I think they're going to chop and change a bit, which is could be good for them that they're forward thinking and the changing mm. before it goes stale. But if they get them transfers wrong, then they could maybe drop a few points. So you're going to need to drop more than a few points. But you know what I mean. Um, so you never know. Um, things can change very quickly in football. But we need a good summer. Brilliant. We need a good summer. Adam, uh, I, I can't wait for the football to come back, but uh, before we wrap things up, I just want to say thanks man, for coming on the show. What you're doing is absolutely brilliant. Appreciate so, it, man. T- we'll t- have to t- get you on um, sometimes. Yeah, that'd be brilliant, man. Sometimes I'll give you but, a uh, shout. Yeah, cheers, man. But like, uh, thanks man, for coming on. We could actually talk to you for so long. I'm sure people listening mm. are like, don't stop, lads. But uh, thanks man, for coming on. Just keep, keep killing the work, man. Like, uh, you're doing a great job. I really do, like you. You are very, very good at doing the interviews as well. Appreciate it. Uh, shout out to all the lads as well that are doing the shows as well. As Ross said, Andy Tate, legend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all the boys are doing a great job, and like uh, you are really getting all the fans in and watching it, which is brilliant for us as well. But, uh, yeah, glory, glory, Man United, glory, glory, full time devils. <laughs> nice. If you love this video and you love Man United, make sure to like, share, subscribe, and as always, stay energized. Stay energized.